0: Did you see <laughs> um I guess it kind of went viral the news story of that like police chief who got caught cheating like on through facebook do you have any idea what i'm talking about <laughs>
1: I don't know if I do. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. So I,
0: I saw the post early before it went viral. And so a woman like posted like a screenshot or a picture of herself or something. And it was like, wow, if you're going to post pictures of us or something like that, make sure that none of like your none of our mutual friends also know your wife. And so Ooh. she was like the girlfriend. And then through that, um, another woman commented and was like, uh, that's my boyfriend. <laughs> oh
1: no wait and so, do you know like what area this took place in um
0: I don't know somewhere like southern <laughs> I don't know
1: okay because that's what I was gonna say is I feel like people in that I'm friends with in Oklahoma might have shared it like a while ago and it was just like a little blip
0: yeah yeah it was like in the last few days so it could have been yeah and so they all are like posting screenshots of their conversations and like all of these things and he like post. I guess he had sent he, he had sent, like, one of the girls, like, a picture of, or, like, a document of, um, like, an annulment. He hmm. was like, yeah, me and my wife, we got an annulment. turns out he, like, forged, like, like, government documents and stuff. Okay, and then, Scott I, Peterson. Yeah, and then, like, I guess more women came forward, um, and he, like, got arrested. And I was just like... Okay, but, this- like,
1: who has the time?
0: <laughs> right? I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know it just I don't I don't understand that just seems like so much effort and like lying and keeping like all of that straight I just feel like you have to be some kind of crazy
1: I, I, um, too with the women I I wonder why they wouldn't get suspicious
0: As bad as I feel for the women who found this out, I feel especially bad for his wife because people just found pictures and, like, are posting it. And I'm like, this poor woman. Right, that's As as humiliating as it is to be, like, a girl who's dating a guy with multiple girlfriends, I think it's probably a lot more hurtful to be the wife (laughs) of somebody with, like, 17 other women. Um, Of course.
1: I personally do not judge I mean, I I guess I did judge a little bit where I'm like, how can you not know? But, like, um, no judgment towards the women. 100% of that is directed at the man for being awful.
0: I, on the other hand, you know, me, I'm judgmental, and I'm okay with that. I do judge (laughs) some of them because they were like, oh, we were dating for two months, and then he, like, texted me that he wanted to, like, marry me until we got engaged. I'm like, this ain't The Bachelor, like... (laughs) Speaking of The Bachelor, <laughs> I
1: finally watched it.
0: Oh yeah. God, I hate it. I hate Thoughts. it so much.
1: <laughs> oh my god. I'm sorry, but like The Bachelor is just like awful. Maybe it's just that he got like a really bad edit, but like he just
0: uh, I agree. He's just I, all over the place. Like I I regret my initial I regret my initial statement cuz I felt like the first episode I was like, "Okay, this is refreshing. I feel like I'm going to like this guy." But over time, I'm like, Ugh. See, I
1: feel like him not being on the show before has made it so that he just came in not quite understanding. And I like how to um, kind of delegate his emotions and how not to focus too much on one person. And like, I don't think that I well, I think that he is probably very easily swayed by the producers because that is his only like they're his only friends his only supports on the show so I feel like because he hasn't seen them like screw other people over I'm sure that he's more inclined to be like yeah I'm totally gonna go talk to this girl and even though all the other girls are down here and super angry although I will say again with the season it makes me so mad when the contestants are blaming people for things that the producers have done
0: yeah like all like or like mad- no blame
1: is put on the bachelor
0: yeah like being mad at those women those the five women who came in like randomly i'm like do you think <laughs> that these women just randomly decided to show up like clearly production <laughs> wanted them to be here why are you like being such jerks,
1: <laughs> seriously? It's like they personally chose. What were all of them asked? Like, okay, so do you want to go in in the beginning, or do you want to come in like later and like totally like screw all their stuff up?
0: Yeah, like I, I, okay, you know, like I, I try, you know, I believe that in my heart I'm a nonviolent person, but <laughs> oh no, Victoria. Victoria now, when that girl reached up and grabbed that crown off of, I don't know, the Miss Puerto Rico, I can't remember her name, off of her head, to me, what Victoria did was assault and that girl should have, like, body checked her. <laughs> like, I was, mm, like, who it was do was awful. Like, white people. Do not touch anybody's person, anything that is on them, like, otherwise you are asking to, like be backhanded like I just thought she was I don't I I truly would not have been able to like take the level of disrespect that I was that that girl was giving off um and I really like she's clearly she's clearly a production like plant like there's no way there's no way one like not to be rude but I do think they cast like a certain level or certain like degree of woman I don't know if I'm saying that the right way and I don't necessarily feel like Victoria is like on par with that and I mean I think she's you know she
1: does not know how to dress herself yeah just like like for me like no body shaming no like anything will ever come out of my mouth but like she just does not know how to dress like her bra is like hanging out of her outfits half Mm -hmm. the time Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pink Collar Crime, a true crime podcast focusing exclusively on crimes committed by women. I'm Rachel. And I'm Natalie. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Each week, we're going to tell you about one or two cases of crimes committed by women and discuss details, motives, similarities, and differences, etc., etc.
0: If you like our show, tell your friends. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating and tell us what you love or don't love about the show.
1: And give us a follow on social media at Collar underscore pod. But, you know, back to what the people came here for. <laughs> um, I think this month we should do, um, since February is kind of a shorter month, do like our little giveaway. Um, I know that I might like uh, text you outside of the podcast, um, but... So we can have that book that I was talking about, the um, Whoever Fights Monsters. Great read. Um, Robert Ressler, one of the inspirations for uh, the Mindhunter TV series. So I think we'll do, you know, if you leave a review, screenshot it, send us a DM. Um, for those who maybe don't have access to, to Apple Podcasts, we can think of something for that. But, well, by the time this episode drops, we'll have something more concrete figured out and i'll have written it out and put it on our instagram and twitter
0: yeah for sure um it'll be great guys who doesn't love free stuff and (laughs) books i love books yeah i i i like books i like that books exist (laughs) You <laughs> like to listen to books, Maybe yeah? read them.
1: Um, also, it's like a double win because we'll donate a dollar to the National Center for Victims of Crime as well if you're leaving us a review. So
0: yeah, exactly. win Free book. Exactly. You dollar. guys, yeah, you guys get potentially get a book. We get to donate to charity, and you'll all be involved. It'll be great.
1: Make us go broke. <laughs>
0: Please don't. I had no. to pay my tax. I don't think we'll get
1: that much. But um, cool. Well, this week I had the idea kind of along the same lines of last week of like, I think of a word and then I'm like, all right, let's just run with this and see what we can do. So last week was like animal. That was my inspiration. Uh, This week I was like, mm, old, just old. Could be yeah. an old lady. Could be, you know, old case, whatever.
0: I whatever you didn't heart- even think of. An old lady. That would have been great.
1: Oh, <laughs> I was just we've like, done. Old case. Haven't I done like a couple grannies at this point? Like, yeah.
0: Maybe granny crimes should like be a theme, though, at some point. That could For be sure. cool.
1: For sure. If I haven't done all of them already.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so old crimes um, is what I did. Old, yeah. An old case. Old cases mm-hmm. with our word inspirations we can maybe get a little
1: bit more creative as time goes on oh you know what i'm so mad because for animal the you know like the dingo ate my baby case
0: no that
1: case is freaking nuts and i didn't think like it's been on my to-do list and i didn't think to do that
0: for animals i have no idea what you're talking about so yeah at some point we're all right we'll do animals do... round two <laughs> and i okay. call dibs on the dingo baby lady okay.
1: So, Belle Starr was born on February 5th, 1848. Also, by the time this drops, it'll be, like, right around her birthday. So, will it drop on her birthday? Let's see um, what dates are. Uh, this Thursday?
0: Or the 6th? The,
1: the no, it'll be the no. day before. Whatever. Close enough. Um. So, <laughs> I'm getting so off topic in this first sentence. She was born February 5th, 1848, on her family's farm near Carthage Carthage, Missouri. Of course, back then she went by Myra Maybell Shirley, May for short. So, Belle had been born into an interesting family situation. Her father, John Shirley, had come from a Walla family in Virginia. John grew wheat, corn, and raised hogs. Maybe he was setting up to become a successful, you know, like corn dog producer, where he's like, I make everything, like, entirely source, these corn dogs. Um, who knows? Just a speculation. Um, but he had been married and divorced twice, which just added to his whole black sheep of the family vibe. So Bell's mother, who was John's third wife, was named Elizabeth Eliza Hatfield Shirley. In case you were wondering, yes, it is those Hatfields.
0: Okay. I was like, the Hatfields? Yes. McCoy. Is it Hatfield and McCoys? Yeah, I'm going to go
1: I'm going to give a little background because I feel like I've heard that name thrown around so often, but I just never really knew the story behind it myself. Um, so the Hatfield and McCoys were two American families who lived around West Virginia, Kentucky area in the mid to late 1800s. The Hatfield family had a largely fought for the Confederacy in the Civil War. Boo. Great people <laughs> um, But the McCoys did too So like boo on that um, With the exception of ASA A-A-S-A-S-A? Asa yeah. Asa Har McCoy He fought for the Union Yay! So when Asa returned from war He was murdered by a group Of confederate home guards Called the Logan Wildcats which I feel kind of awkward, because that was my high school mascot. Gosh. Go Wildcats. How dare you?
0: Um, it's like high school musical.
1: Yeah, Wildcats. So, uh, what are the Hatfields, Devil Ains Hatfield, which based off the name alone, I'm not sure I have a great feeling about him, um, was, you know, thought to have murdered also when he came home did i mention that did i like completely miss a sentence uh when he also returned yes he was murdered so they thought devil did it um however he was confirmed to be sick at
0: home not the best alibi in my opinion how
1: do you prove someone's sick at home
0: is devil spelled like devil yes okay well
1: i don't know if it was a nickname and his real name's ains um but, you know, devil is just not, you know, what I would want to be associated with my name. Don't like, think obviously he did it. He, his name
0: is Devil. Like, come on. Just well, kidding. anyway, he was sick.
1: So it was believed that Jim Vance, distant relative of Bob Vance of Vance Refrigeration, um, a member. Did, do you watch The Office? Did you get that? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Anyway. I, like, I thought you were
0: telling me about, like, some random, like... <laughs> place in your hometown
1: (laughs) okay people who like the office will get that i personally don't like the office anymore i think people are i think it's way overrated but there's a character uh bob vance he whenever he introduces himself he's like bob vance vance refrigeration so that was the first thing that popped into my head when i saw jim vance Um, So Jim Vance, uh, a member of a gang, was in fact responsible for this murder. So I guess it wasn't devil after all. Um, Another point of contention in the feud was that the Hatfields were a little bit more well-to-do than the McCoys. Um, You know, we all get a little jealous of our rich friends. Um, And they were also pretty well-connected in the political atmosphere. So both of the families also dabbled in manufacturing and selling illegal moonshine. So just lots to unpack there as far as, you know, Hatfields, McCoys. Um, Eliza was kind of just a distant relative anyway to the Hatfields, but that's the history her name carried. Um, So eventually in the 1860s, Bell's family moved, moved to Carthage itself and they had sold their farm. Her family bought a livery staple and a blacksmith shop, continued to be, you know, pretty well off, Bell would go on to graduate from Missouri's Carthage Female Academy, a private school her father helped to found, where she received a classical education and also learned piano. Mm-hmm. In, we support women's education, but like, this family's not so great. So in 1864, there was an attack on Carthage, causing the family to move to Syene, Texas. Politically, you know, not so great. The Shirley family had Confederate sympathies, and a young Bell may have been enlisted as a spy for a Confederate guerrilla unit. Uh, not confirmed, but also just they were all kinds of associated with Confederate people, so don't love it. Um, it was said that in Syene the Shirleys met up with a bunch of Missouri-born cr- criminals like Jesse James and the younger brothers, Belle had grown up with the boys, and, you know, we love a family who ends up involved in criminal activity. It was also said their home was a hideout for bandit confederates. Oh, great. (sighs) Yeah. So, even though she ends up being, like, (laughs) kind of cool, it's like, well, you kind of also aren't so great. So, Mm -hmm. the war ended, thankfully, confederacy did not win i don't know if some of the people in the south these days are aware of that but uh bell married jim reed in 1866 so Belle had a huge crush on him as a teen um even though she was only 18 when she got married so like she was still a teen did you have a crush on him when you were like 13 i don't know don't worry uh he was already an established outlaw and accused killer at that point you know just like you know like when i was a teenager i just like hung up posters of like charles manson on my wall and like really <laughs> no that's Did gross really... okay no ew are you kidding me <laughs> that was just like the know. first killer that popped into my i don't know i guess like ted bundy would be a better example because some people are like oh my god ted bundy's like so good looking no he's not guys he is a murderer and he's just he looks crazy to me like i don't i don't get it
0: he just looks like an average joe to me Yeah. i don't know
1: Maybe everyone's Whatever. confused cuz he was played by Zac Efron in a movie. <laughs> I don't know. I don't see it. Not no. I had uh, I had a giant poster of oh, what are those? The Sprouse twins. I had uh the I love it. Cole Sprouse like on my door, like just life-sized Cole <laughs> Sprouse. Oh my god, it's so embarrassing
0: and I like I love it. He's good-looking now, but like oh my god. I mean, I think they've always been like They've yeah. never been ugly. Oh, no. Um, it's just
1: weird thinking back no. to it of like, oh my god. I,
0: there was a girl weird. in my um in my middle school who was like obsessed with like Dylan and Cole Sprouse. Like everything that she had had Dylan and Cole Sprouse on it. Um she it was just so intense, but I mm. um I had an Usher wall. Ooh. Get it? Just like <laughs> posters everywhere um there was a girl at my
1: school who would wear like usher (laughs) t-shirts it was
0: great i still i i have a lot of what was in what was on that wall still i just like condensed it into a little box (laughs) don't tell terrell i like to keep my memories he's seen it
1: (laughs) in my defense it came with a magazine so i like the sweet life of zach and cody i wasn't like I thought they were cute or whatever but i wasn't like super obsessed but like that the magazine came with it and i think the person on the other side i like wasn't as big of a fan of so um you know just like normal teenage things not like established outlaw and accused killer uh so she was still Teen, when they got married 18 a few years later she would give birth to the couple's first child Rosie Lee and from what I can gather Belle was one of those women who like gives birth but still is incredibly stylish and put together um, so like I feel like when I give birth I want to be one of those but like I might also end up being like sweatpants garbage demon um it
0: will be whatever you want to be it'll be great
1: uh we'll see i'm not pregnant or anything not <laughs> happening
0: anytime soon just throwing it out there um <laughs>
1: so she was uh she wrote around side saddle which sounds like i have not had a child come out of me but i don't even think i could do that um And she had a gorgeous black velvet riding habit and a plumed hat. She also always had two pistols on her and wore cartridge belts across her hips. Um, It was also said sometimes she attired herself in men's clothes and posed as a man. Um, And my opinion was like, maybe she just wanted to wear some pants. Uh, (laughs) You know, if you're riding horses all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if it was like she was genuinely trying to pose as a man, but, um, so her husband started to get involved in crime and was wanted for murder in Arkansas. The family ran away to California where they would have their second child, James Edwin in 1871. They made their way back to Texas and things kept getting worse for her husband. He tried to get straight, get into some farming, but he just couldn't stay away from his criminal ways. And he got involved with some gangs and started running around with the Star Clan. The stars were Cherokee Native Americans and were known for three things, whiskey, cattle, and stealing horses. (laughs) So, Belle had somehow gotten tangled up in her husband's nonsense, and in 1874, there was a warrant out for her arrest for a stagecoach robbery that was actually carried out by her husband and some of his pals. Um, it was said that she didn't have anything to do with it, but she just somehow ended up in that warrant. Um, but later that year, Jim was killed in Paris, Texas. So sad. Um But in 1880, Belle remarried to Sam Starr, one of the uh, members of the Starr clan, and lived on Indian territory. So I don't know that that terminology is technically PC anymore, um, but this is different from Native American reservations. So this land was set aside by the U.S. government for Native Americans, um, and they held this title to their land, and it could be a sovereign, independent state. So, when she became a star, she was essentially enrolled in a criminal 101 course. She learned how to organize, plan, and fence for the rustlers, horse thieves, and bootleggers. She also learned uh, to harbor them from the law. So, she started earning money to pay off the law whenever her guys got caught. So, she really looked out for her pack of guys eventually her thieving ways caught up with her in 1883 bell and sam were arrested and charged with horse theft their trial was led by none other than the hanging judge isaac parker which that would make me nervous if your judge was known as the hanging judge um they were found guilty sent to jail their experiences were just a little bit different there so bell was sent to the detroit house of corrections in michigan where she earned the reputation of being a model prisoner She'd even earned the respect of the prison matron. Sam, on the other hand, kind of a jerk, and this earned him an assignment to hard labor. So, Belle was just kind of hanging out in prison, made some new friends. Sam was doing hard labor, uh, (laughs) you know, just things. So, she was released after her nine-month sentence and didn't appear to have any plans to stop thieving. In 1886, she avoided conviction on another theft charge but her luck didn't last long. On December 17th of 1886, Sam got in a gunfight with his cousin, Law Officer Frank West. At the end of the fight, both men were dead. The happiest relationship of her life and her reign as an outlaw queen had come to an end. So after her husband's death, Belle was linked to a few different men but would eventually marry a relative of her former husband jim july star jim july was 15 years her junior uh which is kind of weird to me i just don't feel like legally anyone should be allowed to marry anyone that could legitimately be their child because like yeah. you could have had a child at 15 in this time that would have been like totally not unheard of um, but whatever, shoot your shot, do your thing. On February 3rd of 1889, two days before she would turn 41 years old, Belle was riding home from a neighbor's house in Ufula, Oklahoma. Out of nowhere, Belle was ambushed. She was shot, causing her to fall off her horse. The perpetrator shot her again to make sure she was dead. When she was found, she had shotgun on wounds on her back, neck, shoulder, and face. Rumor says that she was shot with her own double-barrel shotgun. So there were no, some say that there were no witnesses to the murder besides the killer or killers. It was suspected that she might have been killed by her new husband, maybe her children, um, or even Edgar J. Watson, one of her sharecroppers. It was sad that Edgar was, um, he was a murderer. He had like come from Florida and he was worried that she was going to turn him in. Um, so, Edgar was tried for the murder, was acquitted, so, for whatever reason, maybe there wasn't proof, doesn't mean he didn't do it. Um, one of her sons also had supposedly just recently been beaten by Belle for mistreating her horse, Venus. He wanted to borrow the horse, she said no, did it anyway. Venus came back in pretty bad shape when they returned, so she beat him with a whip. Maybe that was motive for killing
0: her. Um, but yeah, our- I mean, hitting people with a whip hurts. So, <laughs> I
1: guess right, and it was even apparently like he had to like run away to um, his neighbor's house. Like it was just so bad, um, which is unfortunate. Um, There's a
0: similar thing in my case. So connection, interesting. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so another rumor. Um,
1: so Frank. Pistol Pete Eaton had another story. Um, I can't believe I'm talking about mascots twice in one case because Pistol Pete is the official mascot for my college. Um, So... Frank Eason, a.k.a. Pistol Pete, he was born in Hartford, Connecticut in 1860, uh, moved to Kansas, and with his family when he was eight, his father, an abolitionist, so like go Pistol Pete's dad, was shot to death by some former Confederates who called themselves the Regulators. His friend, Mose Beeman, uh, said to uh, Pistol Pete, he was like, my boy, May an old man's curse rest upon you if you do not try to avenge your father. So then Mose taught him how to use a gun when he was eight years old. Maybe not. Maybe don't give eight-year-olds guns, but anyway. <laughs> um, so he was 15. Boy was dead set on avenging his father's death. He went to Fort Gebson in Oklahoma to continue his gun education. He was too young to join the army, but outshot everyone there and competed in gun shows. That's where he earned the nickname Pistol Pete. Uh take this whole story with a grain of salt by the way apparently he got in a lot of gunfights told lots of crazy stories like that his one girlfriend gave him a cross necklace that deflected a bullet in a fight or that he could like throw a coin up in the air and shoot it in in mid-air before it hit the ground um
0: oh, i'm sure
1: anyway so um how this relates to me because Everything, you know, just relates back to me. In 1923, a group of Oklahoma A&M college students decided that Pistol Pete would make a great mascot. Oklahoma A&M college would later become Oklahoma State. Um, They used to be called the Princeton of the Prairie. Fun fact. So I attended Princeton of the Prairie. Uh, They had a tiger mascot. Their colors were orange and black. Um, Only in 1958 was Pistol Pete adopted as the actual mascot they unfortunately kept the orange and black colors which look terrible on everyone looks like you're dressing up for halloween anytime you go to a football game can't stand it and it's like bright freaking orange it's not like kind of that more muted orange that can look nice on people terrible Anyway, so Frank slash Pistol Pete said that Belle had attended a dance that night and that he was the last person to dance with her when uh, Edgar Watson, same guy from before, I believe, um, he was like really drunk. He asked Belle to dance. She was like no and he was like nah so frank said that edgar followed her home and when bell stopped to let her horse get a drink from the creek edgar shot and killed her so in this story apparently he was like scorned and mad that she said no to him that she rejected him not that he was a murderer um maybe it was a combination of both who knows but frank said that um Again, from earlier, that Edgar was tried—or no, Frank said that Edgar was tried, convicted, and executed. Before said it was acquitted. Um, I think it's just the nature of an old case; we don't necessarily uh-huh. know things a hundred percent. But so let's revisit her kids for a sec. Uh, her son Eddie Reed was convicted of horse theft and of receiving stolen property in 1889. He was sent to prison in Columbus, Ohio. It was said that her daughter. Rosie Reed, who changed her name to Pearl Star, aiming to capitalize on the fame of a dime novel that ended up being based on her mother's life, had turned to sex work to raise money for her brother's release. Uh, What a nice sister. (laughs) Um, And then she put together a team that obtained a presidential pardon for her brother in 1893. Kind of cool. Cool kind of interesting i don't know um but Belle's story lived long after her death she inspired many songs by artists like woody guthrie sissy spacek and bob dylan she also was an inspiration for many historical fiction novels and comics and that is the story of Belle Starr.
0: has has sex work always been illegal
1: like was it legal back actually then? actually i do not think it was illegal at the time that she that she was using it to raise funds but then it was made illegal shortly after don't oh, okay. quote me on that but I feel like I remember reading it because yeah. I was like oh that's really interesting
0: yeah well I mean see she used sex work for good I just um sex work guys I don't know yeah um yeah i protect, think protect sex workers it's important right this
1: is especially fresh in my mind because i've just been listening <laughs> taking things back to the bachelor as per usual mm-hmm. of um kind of the stigma around the um new person whose name i totally forgot but that one girl's Brittany. like
0: yeah she, she like the weird teeth thing with the welt. <laughs> she oh yes <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, she hangs out with older men and you know, like there might be bunny involved. I'm like, you know what? If an old man wants to pay my rent (laughs) Exactly.
1: But I think I was listening to the Chatty Broads podcast and they were talking about how since sex work is not legal right now, making those kind of implications like regardless of your opinions on it, um, that can put someone in a lot of danger. Oh, so, for sure. um, you know, I obviously feel like I advocate for legalizing sex work. I think there's a lot of protections that need to be put into place mm-hmm. as well. Um, it's, you know, kind of a going to be an interesting slope to walk. But I think that at the end of the day, I think we should be trying to protect the, the men and women in the field. And we're not doing them a service now by uh, just putting them in jail or getting them in trouble. So, yeah.
0: Protect all people, you know, just let's just do that. (laughs) Yeah. Um. My case, Um, similar to yours, it's like there is a lot that it was so long ago. So like what's fact and what's folklore, I guess. Um, and so I try to go based off of facts, but I might throw in some folklore depending on how graphic Rachel's okay with me getting. <laughs> mm, I actually worry, um, but do no, I'll uh, take it away. So I'm doing the case of Delphine Lullerie. Um and so if you watched American horror story, um, Coven, uh, it will it'd be based off of the character that Kathy Bates played. Um So I did not watch that show. Too scary for me. (laughs) It's weird
1: because like I could watch like any serial killer thing and not be bothered by it. But like ghosts and horror terrifies me. So
0: Coven wasn't really scary. They're like asylum kinda scared the crap out of me. But um Coven wasn't. It was just I don't know witches, but um, basically, Kathy Bates's character is somebody who lived in like the 1700s, but they like resurrected her and she was like, like a very big, like racist. And so she like is brought to life and like Obama's president. And she's like, what the heck? <laughs> How fun. Um, yeah. So I mean, Kathy Bates did a good job, but all right. So Delphine Lalaurie uh, was born. Delphine McCarthy Around 1775, she was one of five children. Um, Her father, Bartholomew, or Bartholomew, depending on how he pronounced it, I don't know, Louis uh, McCarthy, was a native of Ireland, and her mother, um, Marie, I think, Jean lovable um, were well-known members of the wealthy white creole community in new orleans so in 1800 delphine mccarty married don ramon de lopez e angulo <laughs> angulo great I job with
1: these pronunciations i'm
0: yeah so i'm gonna try especially for the french ones, since i have like some you know working knowledge on pronouncing i'm gonna try to do them authentically if i'm wrong i support this i don't care (laughs) yeah um and so in 1804 which fun fact that was the year that um haiti got its independence from france so very cool um in 1804 delphine and don ramon traveled from new orleans to spain by boat because there's no airplanes at this time um so right right um and so during the voyage don ramon died um and around at the same time delphine gave both birth to their daughter um marie borgia delphine lopez y Anguilla de (laughs) de la candelaria was her full name what
1: a name
0: what a name what a mouthful um and so Delphine returned to New Orleans, a new widow and a new mother. In 1804, Delphine married her second husband, Jean Blanc, in the New Orleans community. And sorry, in the New Orleans community, Jean was a well-known banker, merchant, lawyer, and legislator. Jean and Delphine had four children, which get these names so creative. Um <laughs> one was Marie Louise Pauline louise marie Laure, M- Marie-Louise-Jean, and Jean-Pierre-Pauline. So they're all just like different combinations
1: of the names yes. of the other
0: kids. Yes. So they all very much share the same names, which because like you have Marie-Louise, Louise-Marie, and then Marie-Louise, like those is just like the t- for, the first name and like the first middle name. And so, like, how confusing is it for those children? I don't know. Um, I would hope anyway. that
1: they all have different, like, nicknames or something.
0: I guess. I guess for most of them, their th- most of them, their third middle name is slightly different. Two of them have the same third middle name, so maybe I don't know how they decided. Um, and so, unfortunately, Delphine was widowed for a second time when Jean died in eighteen sixteen. 9 years later in 1825 um a physician named Leonard Louis Nicolas Lalori um became Delphine's much younger third husband in 1831 Delphine purchased her own property at 1140 Royal Street which is still there when you go to Can New Orleans guys yeah Um, And so she was able to manage, so she was actually able to manage that property independently of her husband, which, as you can imagine, back then wasn't necessarily a super common practice. Um, So by the following year, 1140 Royal Street had become home to a newly built three-story mansion with slave quarters attached, where um, several enslaved people resided when not being forced into servitude by the Lalauris um and so um you people might notice that throughout this i try not to refer to the people that um they're the the L'Alaris, um enslaved as slaves because i believe that they were people who were enslaved um so person first language yes um and so Descriptions of Delphine's treatment of the people she enslaved between 1831 and 1834 vary. In 1838, a writer named Harriet Martineau recounted stories told to her by residents of New Orleans who observed Delphine's treatment of the people she enslaved to be singularly haggard and wretched. But publicly, Delphine presented as sweet, gracious and captivating. She was well known for her extraordinary galas and parties. Um, In public, she appeared to be very polite to black people and otherwise caring and concerned for the health of those she enslaved. Um, In addition, there were court records showing that Delphine had emancipated two people she enslaved, Jean-Louis in 1889 and de Vince in 1832. Nevertheless, Martineau also wrote that there were widespread rumors about Delphine's mistreatment of those she enslaved, she, so much so that a local lawyer was sent to Royal Street to remind Delphine of the laws relevant to the upkeep of enslaved people. Although reports show that, she, that he didn't find any evidence of wrongdoing or mistreatment during the visit, Martineau was able to collect information about Delphine's cruelty from nearby residents. According to a neighbor, after the lawyer visited, they saw a, they saw a 12-year-old girl named Leah, who was enslaved by the Lollaries fall to her death from the roof of the Royal street mansion while trying to avoid being whipped by Delphine. Apparently. Yeah. So apparently Leah was brushing Delphine's hair when she hit a snag. And so rather than have a normal human reaction of like, Oh wow. That hurt. Like no big deal. We're good. Um, Delphine basically grabbed a whip and started chasing Leah. um, And She, you know, got onto the roof and was trying to get away from Delphine, who followed her up there and was still chasing her. And she ended up falling off of the roof and um, died. It was a three story mansion. So she died. Um, And so this incident led to an investigation in which Delphine and her family were actually found guilty of illegal cruelty. And they were forced to forfeit nine of those um, who were enslaved by them. Unfortunately, they were bought back by a relative of the Lalolis and um, the relatives basically returned the enslaved people back to the Royal Street residence. Um, And so, great job keeping track of that legal system. Um, And so, another account said that Delphine kept her cook um, chained to the kitchen stove, and she regularly beat her her own daughters if... um, her daughters tried to feed um, the enslaved people, um, so that's, that's just
1: how. So evil.
0: Yeah, it's like I don't know, like whatever. And so on April tenth in eighteen thirty four, a fire started in the kitchen of the Laloli mansion and broke out through the throughout the house. When police and fire marshals got there, they found the seventy year old cook chained to the stove as like the place was burning um, around her and so they were able to get the cook out and she actually confessed that she's the one who set the fire as a suicide attempt because she was scared of an impending punishment the punishment was being taken up to the uppermost room of the mansion and the cook explained that quote anyone who had been taken there never came back Uh, the bystanders who responded to the fire uh, were trying to help delphine and her family to save whatever valuables that they could at some point the bystanders noticed that none of the people that the laloise enslaved were there to help save the home and valuables from destruction and so people began questioning where they were to which delphine responded never mind the servants save my valuables this way gentlemen this way basically like get my jewels get my clothes um and So Thumbs this was down. Yeah. And so it. this was unsettling for the bystanders. And soon after, someone yelled that, quote, there are human beings locked in those rooms, in those rooms who will be roasted alive in the flames. And so the bystanders attempted to enter the slave quarters to ensure that everyone had been evacuated. Um, Delphine and her family however refused to hand over the quarters or sorry refused to hand over the keys to the quarters. Um, Delphine was only concerned with saving her plates, jewels and robes before they went up in flames with the rest of the house. So the bystanders browse. So the bystanders, broke the door down and found horribly mutilated some were suspended by their necks um with their limbs apparently stretched and torn from one um extremity to the other and so that's the least graphic ex- explanation that i have <laughs> that's so, the
1: least graphic
0: yeah i like cut another part but i still have it <sighs> like i could you know say that but maybe not um it's up so to you it's up when, to you what'd you say I said, it's up to you what you want to <laughs> share. Um, I can take and, it. And so when um, they were rescued, they all alleged to have been in prison there for some months. They were emaciated. They had wounds consistent with having been whipped over and over. Uh, they were bound in restrictive postures so that they couldn't move. Um, and some were had to wear spiked iron collars, which kept their necks and heads in still positions. Um, Judge, um, Jean-François Canong, I don't know how to say that last name, um, was one of the bystanders who entered the home that day, uh, when recounting what he saw in the mansion, he said he saw, among others, quote, a Negress, which, okay, wearing an iron collar and an old Negro woman who had received a very deep wound on her head who was too weak to even walk um and so the judge claimed that when he questioned delphine's husband about what he's what he had seen leonard rudely responded that quote some people had better stay at home rather than to come into others houses and dictate laws and meddle with other people's business <laughs> um and so I think clearly that the husband knew very well what Delphine was doing um, and just was like, I don't care. Uh, and so those reporting on the fire said that covering one of those atrocities, the details of which seemed too to be too incredible for human belief. Um, they even hesitated to report the atrocities at the house because of their graphic nature, but they found it necessary to hold Delphine accountable and up for public ridicule and they even called her a wretch which, wow, what a bad word. A wretch? (laughs) A wretch. Jeez. She only, Um,
1: you know tortured people.
0: Yeah and so I let's see um, where did I put that other part of the torture okay and so there was um it's I guess this is kind of like where you're like what's fact and what is folklore um because there was a writer um Jean Delavine, um a woman who wrote she alleged that Delphine had a sadistic 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 appetite um, that seemed never appeased until she had inflicted on one or more of her black servitors some hideous, form, uh, some hideous form of torture and she also claimed that those who responded to the 1834 fire had found male slaves stark naked, chained to the wall, their eyes gouged out, their fingernails pulled off by the roots. Others had their joints um, skinned and festering Great holes in their buttocks where the flesh had been sliced away, their ears hanging by shreds, their lips sewn together. Intestines were pulled out and knotted around um, around their naked waist. There were holes in their skulls where a rough stick had been inserted to stir the brains, which that's where I'm like, how? 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 <laughs> i mean accurate is that
1: (laughs) i hope it's not true just because it sounds so disgusting and so evil i just hope that they were over exaggerating because i don't want to think that people are capable of doing things like that
0: yeah i mean i would like to believe that as well but yeah i don't know um and so When the community found out about the people who were being tortured by Delphine, a mob attacked the mansion and demolished and destroyed everything upon which they could lay their hands. And so that was a quote from like a news article. Um, Police had to disperse the crowd. But by the time the mob mob was done, the property was severely um, damaged with, quote, scarcely anything remaining but the walls. The police took the tortured victims to a jail and essentially allowed them to be put on display for the public to view.
1: Oh, a jail, not like a a hospital
0: or a doctor or something. So two days later, up to 4,000 people had already gone to see Delphine's victims to, quote, convince themselves of their sufferings, end quote. Um, So two of the victims found in Delphine's torture chamber died um, soon after the rescue. A newspaper reported that several bodies, including that of a child, um, probably the little girl Leah, were found buried on the property. Um, from newspapers to first and secondhand accounts to investigative journalism, there have been countless accounts and retellings of the horrors that Delphine had inflicted on the ba- black people that she kept as property. Um, the same author, oh no, I already said that part. Um, And so fearing violence from the mob in retribution and legal ramifications for what she'd done soon after the fire Delphine fled New Orleans first she went to Mobile Alabama and then she and then she went on to Paris France the rest of Delphine's life is not very well documented um, only that she died in France and never faced justice for the acts of torture and murders that she had committed. Following Delphine's escape from America, the La Mansion remained ruined at least until 1836. But at some point um, prior to 1888, it was um, unrecognizably restored. So it was restored, but looks um, different than it was originally. And so over the following decades, it was used as a public high school, a conservatory of music, a tenement, which I don't know what that is. Um, a refuge for young delinquents a bar a furniture store and a luxury apartment building now are you ready for this super fun fact yes bring it on so in april 2007 our favorite actor bought the laloli house do you know who that do you know who our favorite actor is (laughs) all right I just whatever I
1: said wrong the last time.
0: No, Toby Nicolas. McGuire? Cage.
1: Oh wait, what?
0: <laughs> Nicholas Cage is not our favorite actor, guys. <laughs> but yeah, so Nicolas Cage bought the Laloli house through um Hancock Park Real Estate Company, LLC. He bought it for 3.45 million dollars um and he had the mortgage documents arranged in a way that like his name didn't appear on it cuz i guess he didn't want i don't know he just didn't want people well, to know makes that he sense. bought it you that. don't want people and,
1: to know if you're a celebrity you don't want people to know where you live
0: well i don't think he was buying it to live i think he was just buying it to buy it cuz it's oh. like a historical like place now i don't think people live there um i don't i don't really understand why he bought it but he bought it Um, and then in November of 2009, the property was, um, valued at $3.5 million, but it ended up being listed for auction because, um, he foreclosed on it. I guess he couldn't afford it. Oh, didn't,
1: didn't make enough, uh, national treasure movies.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, that ended up being, um, purchased by, uh. the region's financial corporation so i think the bank for 2.3 million dollars um but i just thought it was interesting that nick cage bought this creepy murder house
1: you know what i can't say i'm too surprised it it (laughs) does seem like that fits with something that he would do just because he's such a weird weird
0: guy yeah yeah he's 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 an odd one um for sure Uh, But yeah, that is the case um, of Delphine Laloli and how she um, chose to torture and murder the enslaved people that were in her charge. She sucks. Yeah, I'm looking up, uh, I looked up
1: the house so I could see the inside. It's a very beautiful house, but... Now I'm reading about ghost tours and they're like oh well we can't go inside because we're not allowed to but also I don't know I guess I have mixed feelings about ghost tours because it's you know it seems like it was so long ago that we're like separated enough from people that like I wouldn't go to like if someone was murdered last week I wouldn't go in their house and be like oh my god ghosts but like if it happened hundreds
0: of years ago it feels less weird I don't know It's just, I, like, find it weird. Um, I guess I find it weird the same way I find it weird that, like, old plantations are now, like, wedding venues.
1: Oh, that's Um, weird.
0: But yeah, I find, I find, because a lot of them, I feel like, get turned into some sort of a museum. And I just, I wonder what, like, is there, like, an air of, like, disrespect to the victims in that regard or I, I don't because I feel like most people are going because they're like, oh, I want to see all the creepy like or I want to hear all the creepy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just odd. I don't know.
1: Well, I think we as human beings are kind of drawn to the spooky and um, paranormal. But there's such real tragedy that occurred. And I well, I, I kind of think about it, like think about um, the nine eleven Museum, how there are kids or i i listened to a podcast or a story i wish i remembered what it was but it was um someone who had a relative pass away during 9 11 and they went to the the 9 11 museum and they talked about how horrible of an experience it was for them um and it gave them a newfound appreciation for you know like world war Two museums or um you know any other museum that kind of uh, mm-hmm provides a space he I think the guy was talking about like oh my gosh this space is going to be like we're bored high schoolers or I remember being kind of like a bored high schooler being carted through like a world war ii museum when in actuality that was like somewhat like a very tragic point in Mm -hmm. in a family's history and these are all these reminders um so it gave them a new appreciation for it Mm -hmm. um and I feel like that's kind of the same thing as if If it were a tragedy for my family, would I want it to be kind of sensationalized? Would I want it to be kind of on display for the world? Probably not. Um, Probably really uncomfortable. So I can see why... Other That's would feel that
0: yeah way. and i i think like you kind of sh- like list a very like important distinction there where like a 911 museum or a world war 2 museum a holocaust mu- things like that i feel like they're made so that we can honor the victims and like remember what happens because it's like we don't want history one to be forgotten and we don't want you know history to repeat itself although it does Mm -hmm. um but i like with these like even like the lizzie borden house and like stuff like that and like this is all just like weird like sensationalized almost like gore porn like weird (laughs) right like people are just like here because they want to be spooked out and um yeah and whereas it's like less about like honoring the like lives of these like victims like I doubt anyone knows the names of other than like the little girl Leah I didn't find any other names of any of the like enslaved people that were Mm -hmm. victims there Um, so that's how I feel I will say so New Orleans I love the city of New Orleans it's one of my favorites Um, probably Like my favorite city that I've actually been to. Um, Great food, great everything. They have a World War II museum that I went to, and it's like kind of cool because it's interactive. And I haven't been to too many museums to be honest. Sorry guys. (laughs) I think I've been to the Smithsonian or something. I was in fifth grade. What what did I know? Um, But they did this thing where you got like um, like a dog tag, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. but it was just like a little card. And there were, like, these, like, booths or whatever that you would walk up and you would, like, insert your card. And you were, like, following, like, one person who was, like, in World War II. Like, you were following his story, like, throughout the museum. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, really cool. Like, you'd go to, like, one checkpoint and it'd be like, oh, so this person, like, he was stationed here for XYZ amount of time. And here's all of what happened to him. And then you'd, like, follow it all throughout the museum, um, which was pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, you guys should go see that museum.
1: That's how the Titanic Museum is too. I think it's there's the
0: Titanic
1: Museum? Missouri or something. What? Let me let me look. I wanna go well, I remember for the Titanic, um, there used to be a traveling exhibit for the Titanic. Maybe it was, like, the Titanic Museum. I don't remember, but they ended up in one of the Chicago museums, and we went and you could, like, stick your hand on, uh, like, in water that was the same temperature. Um, this is Tennessee. I have no idea. Somewhere there's a Titanic museum where you get, like, uh, oh, no, Branson, Missouri. Here we go. Um, there's a museum where they like assign you a person and you learn their story. I love the Titanic. I mean, I don't love the Titanic. <laughs> there I go. I am exactly what I hate. <laughs> but the ty- well after seeing the oh my god. I'm remembering I watched the Titanic for the first time, I think when I was in like high late high school, early college, so like oh, way wow. after. And I cried for no joke like 3 days straight. <laughs> and I, I just like went on a don't binge. Blame you. And read everything. It's just so fascinating, and it's just so, like, just what a weird thing to have happened. And I feel like, especially with the movie being out, is it just makes you feel like you have mm-hmm. almost a personal connection? And yeah, it's just so weird. But
0: let's go. Let's go to the Titanic. I would be, I would be interested in, and I I like the movie Titanic. I probably could never watch it again. I've seen it a couple times, um, but it always I, I get into this like I think I'm just one of those people who like always tries to put myself in like the I, I try to like think wh- how would I feel in that position or whatever mm-hmm. um, or in that situation and then I end up like feeling like horrible just thinking about like the people who were you know in the third like tier or whatever and like just had to like accept that they were going to die. Oh my god,
1: um, the one scene where the mom is like telling stories to the kids yeah. and it's like all true that mm-hmm. like gets me every time.
0: Yeah, and so that and then I remember doing some research and like the only like black person to like who was there and who died on the Titanic was actually Haitian. Um <gasps> no. and so I'm like that's upsetting as well, but like he, I think, had uh, maybe I don't I think also just I'll say mixed race because I think the um, term at the time was not appropriate anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they all survived, and like his kids and like mixed race wife and stuff survived. Oh, um, but yeah, I would be interested though, and I don't know if I'd truly be able to watch it, but like another Titanic movie, but like from the perspective of like not the elite you know Mm -hmm. um that i think could be interesting but yeah i don't know why people i don't know like do you need to go to america that bad like why would you get on a boat (laughs) like seems like a long time
1: (laughs) i think i get like seasick i think i went on a small boat and it was the worst experience of my life um since evan or one of evan's friends has like a little boat and like they're all like lake people because it's upstate new york and oh my god i think part of it was that this dude was just like the worst boat driver but like he would press the gas whatever on the boat and the boat would go like from flat to like almost standing up like like just going so fast and the boat just like almost like flipped up oh my god it was so horrible and it was like it's almost worse when the boat's not moving because you're just in the water and it's like so I literally jumped off the boat just to be in the water so I wouldn't have to be on the boat rocking around so that's like cruises in general I feel like are such a bad idea I'm sorry if you're one of those people that loves cruises but like Why not the ground? Why not give the ground a try? Um, You're like, I have great fears that the food will be like somehow like everyone gets horrible stomach diseases. And then everyone's just like, or like a stomach bug will get around or just like, I just can't. I I will never go on a cruise in my life.
0: So, the so the only, I think, I'm pretty sure, other than, like, the Jaws ride at Universal, which isn't really a boat, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't think I've really been on a boat boat, but I've been on a canoe. Is a, which, wait, what's a kayak? Is a kayak a one person uh, thing? Yeah,
1: I think the kayak's, like, a smaller and a canoe okay. is, like,
0: a larger, more open concept. Yeah, so I've been on a canoe um, because, like, in Florida, we're surrounded by like swamps and so we went to some sort of swamp thing and we <laughs> we like we're just going through the actual like swamp lands and stuff and every time we saw an alligator this kid that was in my boat uh, I was or in my canoe it was like three of us he would try to like flip <gasps> the canoe every time he saw an alligator and i was like about to like s- like knock him out with just push him in the- yeah i was just getting so upset but he was like also the only guy and like he could steer it better than the rest of us and so i'm like i really hate this
1: Our music is the track Wasteland by Joseph McDade. His Patreon and our podcast sources will be linked in the podcast description below. Any mistakes are entirely our own, so check out our wonderful sources for the most accurate information about these cases.
0: We talk about some tough subject matter on our show. If you or someone you love is in need of support, please reach out to the crisis text line by texting HOME to 741741. They are available 24-7 and will connect you with a trained crisis counselor.
1: You can also reach the National Domestic Violence Hotline by calling 1-800-799-7233. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Join us next
0: week for another episode of Pink Collar, a true kind podcast.